It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in to the KSR football podcast. I'm Nick Rouse, joined by Freddie Magger, Drew Franklin, Adam Luckett, and as always, we're brought to you by our good friends at Justice Dental. Big shout out to Doc Thompson and Dr. Justice over there. They got two locations in Lexington, best dentistry in central Kentucky. You can visit them online at justicedental.com or you can call them at 859-543-0700 to schedule an appointment at either one of their locations, you know, Wellington Way or Blazer Parkway. Very convenient. Your one-stop shop for all your dental needs. Uh, when you're picking your insurance for next year, your dental plan, just go to them, make sure you're covered because they will take care of you no matter what problems you have. We're big fans of Justice Dental. They're big fans of the KSR Football Podcast. And none of this would be possible without them. So a big shout-out to our friends at Justice Dental and a big shout-out to all of us for still being well enough to talk about sports because, uh, Drew, it's it's sucked. It's really sucked. I think – I think you might have cursed us when you became a married man. I, I don't uh, know. Like, we, we got to call the attorneys and get an annulment. Like, what the hell's going on here? In, in all seriousness, I love my new wife. She can probably hear this. But if the Titans hadn't won uh, on Thursday to just give me some kind of happiness, we would have already wadded up that paperwork. And I would have assumed that's what's gone so bad. Because everything everything is bad right now. Everything. I mean, the, the, on the court, on the field, the talking, the speculating, it's all negative at the moment. And we just, it's not where we need to be governor's cup week. Mm, not at all. Not at all. Freddie. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah. We hear you great. Can you hear great. I can't hear. Hold on. Talk again. Check, yeah. check. One, two, three. Hold on. I can hear you through my computer. But my ear thing, I can't hear a thing. Well, it's okay if it don't work. If you can hear us on the computer, it don't matter. Stupid. I'm going to take them back. <laughs> what, was, what were you saying? Uh, You're talking about how everything's great. Everything's yeah. butterflies. Yeah, everything's wonderful. Just teach you. <laughs> you couldn't watch the game last week. Did you watch any of this game? Were you able to? Every snap. 100%. Okay. Every snap. Did you all- did you were you encouraged by the the heart you saw out there? Because the cats they did show some heart in that sixteen to six loss to Georgia. Heart, desire, want to, yes. Defense, everything, yes. Offensive execution, no. Three points, less than three hundred yards. I'm hearing a bunch of moral victories yeah. this week, but it's you still only scored three points, uh, and should have scored and could have scored many more. Uh, without uh, red zone turnover again, that's six for Will Levis. That's too many for this team. Uh, a two point play that I meant a fade into the boundary oh, looked God. like it was hurried, much like the uh, McLean run last week. So, offense efficiency, no. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I, I needed to see more. I know it was an improvement, and I thank will you, say Freddie. That. Thank you. The offensive line played much, much better, the best game of, their, of the year. And I was happy with them. Uh, I really was. I really thought DeAndre Buford battled. Chris Rodriguez ran hard. Everybody played hard. But I go back to, okay, if I'm a defense, how can offense hurt me? Third downs? Nope. Three out of 12. Red zone touchdowns? No. PAT two-point? No. I mean, field goal? No. I mean, you you can't hurt me. So I can dial up anything I want to. And you think Kentucky's seen exotic so far? Wait till Louisville. I mean, this team leads the nation in sacks, uh, top 10 in tackles for loss, the most force the most turnovers. Kentucky's getting ready to face a defense that does everything that hurts the Cats. And that, I mean, I'm showing major red flags here of warning about the Saturday. Yeah, I just think, uh, I think everybody was like, you want to look for a reason to feel good after the game. And they did some good things. I think they played with their hair on fire for most of the game. And that was good to see, but that's not like something we should be real proud of. <laughs> like they played with effort, you know. That's like the bare minimum here. 
Um, to me, the offense is still an issue. Can't finish drives. Like, they eventually they're going to have to beat Georgia. Like, we want them to beat Georgia, right? They've lost 13 in a row. You're not going to – you can't win if you can't score. Um, and that was – that's been really my issue um, with the whole – thing all season it's it's uh you know it's not it's always something stopping them from scoring um even even on that second possession when you got a lot of momentum there in the fourth quarter um you dingle on that wide delay was open and you can't execute you know well, bad, bad throw uh couldn't finish a tough catch that, well that's because it's like a multitude it, of issues and it's just fr- it's frustrating because i'm sitting there like kentucky really you know, Georgia did some good things really on offense, specifically with their offensive line. Uh, but the defense held up long enough and for good enough where you were in that game and you couldn't even make it a one-possession game, even though they held a top-10 offense of 16 points. But, like it, that's because the offense, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They got into the red zone, all right? You're supposed to score from the 50. First and goal from the 10 is bad, according to Rich Scangarella. Like, this guy... Red zone rich out here. Like, dude. <laughs> you is that a can, thing? Can we make that a hashtag? Oh, I, we're making that a thing because that's what it is. This is – it does not matter if they're playing Vanderbilt, if they're playing St. Martha, if they're playing Georgia or Alabama. It is the same damn thing every single week. It is, let's move the ball, move the ball. Uh, oh, gosh. Can't, can't get executed in the red zone. I mean, they had a second and one from the 30-yard line and didn't gain another yard. Like, I just – I know it gets hard and things happen, but, like, that's just not good enough. And I know that, like, Mr. Media guy here, like, they're, they're not going to, like, tr- throw a bunch of players under the bus and all this sort of thing. But, like, eventually, I know you – in the pros, like, as, as Rich likes to tell us, Red Zone Rich, he likes to say, in the pros, I can talk to them on their headset and tell them, like, hey, just don't throw a turnover here. Well, you just got to coach them better during the week. Like, I, when you have a third and 11, maybe you let it be known, like, he should have the situational awareness to know, like, all right, if you get six yards here, then we're going to go for it on fourth and five. Instead, you're, you're stuck kicking a 38-yard kick, and you're kind of screwed, right? They went for all for nothing right there. There's just so – it's just – I'm, I'm just so sick because the, the I had this uh, uh, realization yesterday while uh, – after Rich Gangarol's press conference, I just had the pros and the pros. It was just banging off my ears like, ah, the pros, it's so much different. And, I, blah, blah. and yeah, it is different. I was at a bar and I had all the seven games on in the 1 o'clock hour going on. They were well into the third quarter – and of the 14 teams playing, only three of them were in the 20s. You see 16 to 6 games in the NFL. You don't see them in college football. They just have to score more points. And I'm not going to let a 99-yard drive change my mind about this offense. Like, yes, it was good. Like, it was great that they got a goal line stand from the defense and they responded and they were able to execute on a fourth down. That was great. But then you had a chance to make it a one-score game, and you threw a fade to Barry on Brown. Like I, I love Barry on Brown, uh, Drew. I know you love Barry on Brown. Is Barry on Brown a fade to him a great idea? Uh, I love Barry on Brown more than I love most people, and I hate the fade to anyone, and I hate it to Barry on Brown. And if you're gonna run it, if you're crazy enough to run a fade on a two-point conversion, uh, I might even I don't know Dane Key, maybe a receiver that might be a little better off in the fade. I hated that play so much. Clearly love Barry on Brown. I was so frustrated with that. I was frustrated uh, just sitting by you all in the press box. I can vouch for you all. Before Levis threw the interception, you all were like, why are we in third and 12 in the first place? Before you even knew a turnover was coming. You were already mad about that possession. It ends because Levis had to force something. And I, I'm you mentioned I'm not gonna you're not gonna let the 99 yard uh, possession change anything. If we didn't have that, I'm banging my head against a brick wall leaving Kroger Field. That's the one thing I'm holding on to is hope, even though I don't even know what that would mean moving forward. But that's the one thing that kept it from being a complete disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, but we the, the defense. I mean, we, we do have to talk about them. They they played well, like yeah, that. They were awesome. They were awesome. And you know, had stat, uh, stops, goal line stands, third multiple third down holds. I um, mean, just by, you hold Georgia, who was averaging 40 points to 16. Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington combined for two catches for 10 yards. 
I mean, that, that is, I mean, that was a brilliant, brilliant uh, game plan and execution by the defense. Uh, I, I thought the defensive line played their best game. And I really like Jordan Lovett a lot. And him and Zion Childress back there, they're playing confident fast and they're, they're, they come with reckless abandon. And it's something you want to see from safety. I, I really can see some of Melvin Johnson in Jordan Lovett. And, and that's, that's, that's high praise for me because that, that dude would put you to sleep. And it really should have been six points at halftime. That hit on Bowers on the sideline. That clock should have rolled. That was a mistake by the officials. Um, I just, you just The game, to me, was just a microcosm of the entire season. Like, uh, it was almost frustrating because you can – like, Kentucky can play with that Georgia team. And the Georgia team's the number one team in the country. They can play with anybody in college football. Well, that's the problem. They're playing with everybody in college football the same damn way. Like, it's- well, that gets to the uh, that just gets to offense. I mean, big picture offense stuff right there. A philosophy, what you're doing, how you're doing it. You know, I mean, that's an off season topic. Uh, what they want to do there, but yeah, I mean, the offense just. I mean, what can you say? They just can't finish drives. They can't score points. Um, you like literally have to go into every game. All right, how if you're Kentucky, how do we win this twenty to seventeen? Right, like that's literally how you have to go into every game. If we hold it, this team to can we hold this team seventeen points or less? And it's just really hard to win football games that way. And you know the same issues are the same issues. And then obviously kicking game blunders again. That's why that, that Georgia game it was so frustrating to me. Just it was just because it proved to me like I. Genuinely thought Kentucky was a top 20 team entering this season. And you see glimpses of that. Um, but at the end of the day, their execution, specifically on offense, has just been putrid all year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's held the team back. And then not to mention, you know, they, they can't lean on a kicking game, right? You know? No, no, they, no. That's, like you, <laughs> that's clear. You can't just bank on a 38-yard field goal with, with this group. And so that affects everything on top of that. So it's just been – uh, just been frustrating. The whole year has just been a slog, and it's been a not. This season hasn't been very fun, right? Like, you know, we've had a lot of fun seasons here lately, and this hasn't been one of them. No, no, we're not having fun right now. Um, it is kind of fun though. Uh, it's a it's a game I like to play sometimes in the press box, which is guess the play. Uh, Drew, uh, do you know? You know what my favorite play is that Kentucky runs. Uh, I'm going to guess first down run or second down run or maybe third down pass. Oh, it's, it's, it's a combination. It's, it's run, one, run, It's going to be one of the three. It's, How about it's, the uh, red zone false start? That's a favorite of mine. Uh, the run, run, pass, though, it really kills me because when you only have, I mean, were they finished with eight, nine possessions? Eight. Both teams had eight possessions. Two of those were, no, they had three straight three and outs. Like, you can't just either drive to the 30 or three and out it. And it, I don't know how the defense, like, once again, you're right, Freddie. Shout out to them. The fact that they only gave up one scoring drive when Georgia, like, I I even had the the defense breaks, like the damn breaks, uh, as a heading in the postgame thing. Because you could just see it. You could feel it coming. And for them to bow up and get that fourth down stop, like, that was enormous. Because the it, it's easy to see that kind of slipping away. They get the goal on stand on fourth down. And then first down, or you got, you know, well, they only got 99 yards to go. We're going to this offense mess up. What do they do? Will Levis runs it. He tucks it and runs it. He gains 10 yards first down, a drive starter with a quarterback run. And uh, before I get on my, uh, on my soapbox, Freddie, just, it's kind of nice to watch Will Levis run the football again, isn't it? It really is, and that's why. Look back to the Louisville game last year. That that's what separated the score, right? So, uh, yeah, it, it looked great to have him run because have, you can't keep running that inside zone, anything inside out of a shotgun that resembles an RPO if you're never going to pull it. And could, I mean, teams were just teeing off on on Chris, and he pulled one. And you know, he. I tell you, I mean, I think the magic number, and this is, may sound crazy. For Kentucky to be Louisville, I think I think Levis is going to have to hit 60 yards. I mean, it's going to have to be something out of the ordinary, uh, 60 yards on the ground uh, for Kentucky to win because, you know, it, again, Louisville does everything good that Kentucky does bad. But back to Will Levis running, apparently he's feeling better. 
you know, uh, what's that song? Uh, you, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Uh, here, here's something for the panel. What if Bo Allen would have been available? And when Will Levis got hurt, Bo could have fit in for four games until Will was healthy enough to come back. So that's something I don't, I don't fault Bo for transferring. I don't fault anybody in that, but man, he would have been valuable to have, uh, to, to run that offense. But yeah, Will Levis, if he doesn't do some magical stuff on the ground on Saturday, Kentucky's in trouble. Well, I know Will Levis has been banged up. He has been, um, but long before he was getting sacked 17 times a game, Rich Kangarello said he's not running him. He was never going to run him until he had to run him until he was coaching for his job. This is the first time Will Levis has had double-digit rushing yards at all this season. He had 113 in that Louisville game last year. Against LSU, that that was – Liam Cohn didn't want to do it either. These pro guys, they just – they don't want to do it. It's just not in their repertoire. And I just hate the fact that, like, and well, Will's feeling better, so we could run him now. It's like you weren't going to do that. You were not like you used that injury and his multitude of injuries, which yes, he is injured. He's been hurt, but they've been using that as an excuse, and it's just a bad one. It's a very bad one. And I, I it, what it comes down to is right back at the heart of all of the offensive problems. It's this stubbornness and unwillingness to do. To, to do what's best for your personnel, to be able to scheme around things. Uh, and I just, I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting blue in the face here and I'm probably not being as eloquent as I should about this because I've heard so much about how healthy Will is now. And I know turf toe sucks. It does. But by God, if it, I'm sure he would rather run 10 yards down the field than get sacked 17 more times. It just, it just, it, it, it is such a like hindsight is 2020 thing when on September 6th, Rich Gangarello said, we're not going to run him because he doesn't have much shelf life. This is college football. This isn't the NFL. Like, I know that he can – it might hurt him long term, but it's going to help him in the right now if he's using his legs to move the sticks on third and long, which he did on another drive that got him in the red zone before he threw that interception down there at the 20. Yeah, I just think the whole making him a pocket quarterback to protect him was just a gross miscalculation. Uh you know, you'd have to be careful with Will because he is a kamikaze runner, right? He's putting his body on the line. Um, but sometimes it's easier to protect yourself as a ball carrier when, you ha- when you're when you moving forward rather than sitting back there as a lame duck, especially one that doesn't have mobility um, where they're teeing off on you. I mean, let's call it like it is. Rich Gangarello came out Ole Miss week and said, bring on the blitz. Ole Miss brought the blitz and got the quarterback hurt. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> when, when you put when you put it that way, um, that's so like heard it put that way. <laughs> so I mean, this can be a convenient excuse. You you messed up here, like not using this as a weapon. You you screwed it up, and now you're trying to go back to it late. And like Freddie says, hopefully they can find something here. But they just they took away one of his biggest weapons and what would have been a huge weapon for the offense and this offensive line. All right, moving the pocket. Rollouts, design quarterback runs. Um, you know what helps an offensive line struggling? That you know when you can get the extra hat when you can have QB run, um, especially with Chris out. That should have been, I thought, a big part of the offense. In hindsight, they they tried to turn him into Joe Burrow, and Will Levis is not like even if Will Levis is a success in the NFL, he's not going to be that type of quarterback, right? He's just not going to be a. Uh, he's Josh just, Allen. Yeah, he's going to have to move around. and Maybe like down the road he can get there, but he's just not there in his development right now. Uh, and I just think they took away a big, big weapon for the offense. And it just and how they handled that I just thought was a bad miscalculation. I mean, we can go back to media day, you know. Um, I'm not worried about tackle problem. I have protection schemes that will work. Come on. Yeah. And it didn't. You know, how did you – I don't think you – I just think they made some miscalculations here, and I think they paid for them. And I think it has a, a that, that's you know kind of been a domino effect to the putrid offensive results we've seen throughout most of the season. And then when Levis ran run had well in the past tense, 
ran the football, moved the chains. That's some of the most momentum-building plays that Kentucky yes. has they, had. They, they feed mean, off they, of it, yeah. Yeah, the, the offensive line gets juice from that. So do everybody else. Get your receivers excited about blocking it. I mean, it just gets the crowd into it. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times their offense didn't, just didn't have that, you know, life to it. And it's because – you know, you want to you want this guy to be a pocket passer, and you drop him back ten yards with two unproven tackles, you're gonna get him hurt more so than running the football. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't get that decision because uh, not only is it productive as on a stat sheet, it, it gets it gets the players juice, and that's something that we've seen lacking yeah. without the big plays. Kentucky's not had a lot of big plays this year. Yeah, no matter what level of football you're at, you just you know. It's uh, a lot. Of, it's personnel. It's players over place. Like, what can your players do well? What fits their strengths? And that's what you have to do. You cannot be stubborn about running like your system. It's what players you have and what they can do well. And I just think they didn't do a good job of evaluating what they had on the roster and leaning into that. They tried to do a certain thing, and it hasn't worked. You know, square peg round hole is what this whole thing has felt like and it's gotten to us where we're at I mean it's you can make the argument this is the worst offense of the Stoops era and it's with the talent on this raw it should not even be close to this but that's bottom line it's the results of business and that's what it is the one um I, I guess if there is a positive takeaway it's that well we've at least seen that this can be something we utilize and Drew, where I think it's really going to come into play here is in these third and long situations where if you're remotely in scoring territory, from this point forward, you're you're playing two downs to get 11 yards. Because we've seen some bad special teams plays. I really don't think that that field goal to potentially make it a one-score game was there any person in Kroger Field that actually thought uh, the result was going to be any different than what it was? No, and if it had been an away game and I was at home, I would have turned off the TV or gone to the other room. But I had the glass in front of me. I'm pinned in my seat. I had to watch. But we all we all knew what was going to happen. And somehow the the snap was so bad that it almost bounced to where he had time to get a good hold on it. I think he had a little time to get the laces out. Just, Oddly enough, even though it ricocheted off the ground, somehow I think there was still a chance to get it figured out. And then the even the even the hold. What a, I mean, I feel bad. Stoops gets asked about this every week, and he says exactly what he would say. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, it's it doesn't work. Like, I I can't change my scheme of long snapping and holding. Like, it sucks. I'm mad too. But it just gets to the point. Like, what do you do? It's uh, yeah. You just have to bake it into the winning formula. Like, this is what's yeah. going to happen. Well, you have, to, think, do, you yeah. have to do what I Nick think, just said, and on third down, you just have to plan not to do it. It's, it's, yeah. it's where we are now. I think we've identified the number one portal target for this team yeah. going forward as long snapper. Well, uh, is there just no one on the team? I mean, Ryan swears. I know it would be outrageous to put Dainke there. But I he swears Dainke has never missed a long snap. I mean, I saw wonder. yeah. I, I saw Dane play for years, and he long snapped. That's straight up. Ryan is not I mean, lying there. That yeah. seems like a terrible idea, but it's got to be better than spiking it off the ground. I mean, how much worse is it than, like, Barry on Brown catching passes and returning kicks? Like, is it asking that much different that, like, you just do a couple long snaps during practice? <laughs> like, I don't think so. I don't think it's that ludicrous. Dude, he just he's, he's a jack-of-all-trades, does special teams, and also catches passes. Next year, the snapper's probably going to get an NIL deal if he's good. <laughs> this is where we're at. And the ki- everybody is going to know the kicker and snapper's name next year uh, and t- talk about that. If this – it's a normal operation, right? Normal, like, consistently make 35-yard – or get the operation right for a 35-yard field goal. Um, yeah, it's just been it's a wonky year, man. It's What a slog yeah. this has been. Yeah. I saw a kid at Corbin on Friday. He's, he's, he's committed to Eastern right now, kicker. And he is very, very good. And it was snap, boom, bow. I mean, it was gone, and it was up. I mean, it was it was something it was something to watch on Friday. I mean, well, so that's what that looks like. 
I'm ready to sign the Douglas kicker right now for the Louisville game. I, I mean, that, that dude's insane while we're talking about high school talent. If, if we can get any of them now, uh, I'm ready for that. It is It is funny. Like, we, we mentioned it a lot after Austin left because he's an all-time great, right, and was super clutch. But, you know, how much you take a kicker for granted. But think about the Kelly Masons of the world that we just completely overlooked. Uh, the Who is the St. S. kid, Thomas? Uh, yeah, that, just that, Thomas. Yeah, just not not the golfer, the other Justin Thomas yeah. that had you know one mistake in four years, like Jonathan Thomas. Was Jonathan, Tristan Yomas? Was Yomas a long Yeah, Yomas. He was along. Like we, yeah. we 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 took a lot of those guys for granted. And long snappers, we're sorry. Like we we this is this is on us. Like this That's is us. like Stand all up. The, That's us. We 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 messed up. We should have given you all more credit at the time. We're sorry, but. We can really use you right now because it is just – I mean, and the, the worst part, too, was that uh, the refs almost made officiating malpractice. I, I haven't gone back and watched, like seen the full screen view on if Barion got tackled or just tripped up or whatnot, but Levis was going to Brown on third and long, and uh, the, he, he just falls to the ground. Levis he- throws in the area. And they went to throw intentional grounding. And this is what Stoops is losing his mind over uh, that, that Steven was able to grab on the tape because they, they almost made a 38-yard field goal, 48-yard field goal on just the worst call in the history of calls. He hits them after five yards on tape, which is, should that's penalty. Which, um, you, could, you couldn't see what happened after that, like Bavarian – but he makes contact after five yards. That's an, that's an automatic flag, but they didn't throw it. It would be nice if that was, you know, you were playing at home and you got the <laughs> officials to call things your way. Uh, they also. I really liked. The game- uh, hold on, I really liked on that play um, when they picked up the flag to say that it wasn't grounding. Or whatever he was like, there's no penalty. The receiver just got leveled by the defender. That's why he wasn't in the area. It's like, so yeah. is that not a penalty? <laughs> like you just gave the definition of pass interference while explaining why it's not a penalty. Uh. And, and that also gets to the other – the silliness on special teams that we got. And it was more bad officiating. And that Brian was asking, like, what the hell was happening with the opening kickoff flag? Has anyone ever seen a, a call like that on an opening kickoff? And Barion just went to shield his eyes because he was in the weird, like, only part of the field that had sunlight, and they called it a fair catch. Um, I, I don't – it was it was it was it was not wise on Stoops's part to try to get that overturned because they just wouldn't. But I also don't know like nobody thought that he called a fair catch except for the the one official was the only person out of sixty thousand at Kroger Field that thought that Barry on Brown was calling for a fair catch. It, it's so us that we're hosting the number one team in the country on CBS, and you know most schools, you know they'd pull out all the stops, lasers. Smoke bombs, everything they got. I don't know why smoke bombs is fancy. But we start off with this ridiculous penalty that killed what little energy we had to begin with. It's like we're starting off this huge game with everyone's asking, well, what's going on? Why are we already replaying? Why is it dead? And we hadn't even snapped the ball yet. Uh, Biggest game of the year. (sighs) It's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, About as frustrated as Mark Stoops is on the sideline, just absolutely laying into the refs. And – Guys, uh, I, I don't know if all of y'all were listening to the Mark Stoops show tonight, but we got a small taste of this angry Mark Stoops on the call-in show. And it wasn't, you know, a caller calling in and asking him, like, hey, what's it like to be in a profession where you get raises for uh, underperforming? Which a caller did, and I'm sure he felt pretty proud of himself for being boom-roasted. Stoops took the high road on that one. Uh, but <laughs> Neil got brought up. Uh, and, and, you know, we can talk about the contracts some more in a little bit, but when Neil was brought up, you know, Mark's like, I, uh, he was asked if he's got the full support from the administration said, you know, we've got, we've got plenty of support. Um, but it eventually read, led down the road to my biggest recruiting job is, is the players we know the players we have. He raised his voice. He was very upset about and he's like, well, what are we going to do about it? He's like, we knew about players getting paid uh, before it was legal, and now they're trying to steal our own, which uh, if you want to know the fun one that I've heard, it was N'Kobe Dean. That was the that was the big one I heard pre nail. Um, But, like, that's the 
Stoops is very, very, very fired up right now because he's now in a world, Freddie, where he's got to recruit. His biggest recruiting class is the one that's already on his team right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Barry on Brown, Dane Key, Alex Safari, the, the Wade twins. Dion. Uh, Dion Walker. I mean, you go on and on. There's some dudes that are freshmen. Absolutely, it's the most important thing is to keep those players on campus. And, I, you know, NIL and the transfer portal come in at the same time, I think, just turned the world upside down, and we're seeing that now. But I, I think December is going to be the wildest month we've ever seen in this whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, at the pregame show, I got a little upset too when I'm seeing fans with Georgia players' jersey and their last name on it that they obviously bought at a gift shop somewhere. And I've not seen that at Kentucky yet. Nope. Georgia's I mean, big jersey school. Ain't yeah. They- yeah, so, I mean, I, I just – I think the future of recruiting is tied into NIL 100%. I mean, and, and you and it, you, it's hard to go into a living room asking Kid A to take $80,000 less than, you know, what Coach B is going to give them. I mean, it's just it's, – it's hard to do. And, uh, I, you know, I could tell – I don't know. I'm not speaking for Mark Stoops, but I was frustrated for him uh, because – I understand what's going – you know, I understand what he can, can't say, whatever. I've not talked to him about it. I'm just guessing. I shouldn't say I understand. I'm guessing what's going through his mind. But I'm frustrated too. I'm as tied in as anybody that I know, and I'm still confused about it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just – it seemed like, okay, we this is what we want, but – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, then that's it died back down again. And Mark had to ask for money again tonight. I mean, that's got to get old for these coaches when you have an 85-man roster that are all free agents. And there's nothing illegal going on. This is legal now. So, and if there was something illegal, who, you, who what do you do? You go call yeah. Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, hey, there's no police. Yeah. That, that's a well-ran organization. So, yeah, yeah I can tell you, it, it has to be frustrating for programs that – don't so much embrace NIL or have embraced NIL from the beginning and those that are all in. And I think the recruiting rankings and you two, you two are more dialed into that than me. You're going to see that peak in, in, in the diagram and it's going to be all the programs that are, that are heavy pocketed in NIL are going to be your top recruiting programs. Yeah. Freddie, how did it feel to see Ringo get that interception after we saw the Ringo jerseys walking around KS Bar? I mean, yeah, it, was po- I, it was poetic. That helped. A, yeah, that a, helped. There's a yeah, lot Ringo jerseys lined up to buy beers at KS Bar. Yeah. Drive yeah. to the stadium, and there he is getting the interception. It's like, oh, that's I mean, how this works. I, I mean, would you, drive to Fayette Mall right now to buy a DeAndre Square jersey or yeah. a Jagger Burton jersey or a Jordan Lovett jersey. You know, I would, that would be my Christmas gifts, you know? But, well, we, I, 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 whatever. I mean, wouldn't you buy the guy's jersey who sealed a national championship for you? Like, yeah. Uh, and And here's the thing, too. When Fanatics rolled out this thing, uh, I got a lot of blowback for UK because they weren't on the initial list. And they said, we're going to be. They just don't have inventory yet for to put in our jerseys. And they finally released, and it's just T-shirts with names on the back. And, like, that's just not – this is not the same. It just is no. – and it's very, like, that's what you've come to expect, like it. Two steps behind. Yeah. I mean, like – We're, we're the, the Dollar whole, Tree version of everything. The, uh, the whole concept of, well, let's sit here and wait. NCAA will fix this. Like when NIL first came out, that was kind of the what we kind of heard was, you know, that was stupid. <laughs> like it just wasn't like there's no fixing anything. It's why like it's the wild wild west right now. The NCAA is, isn't a thing anymore. It's just a body, an empty body, a soulless body in Indianapolis. Uh, everybody's out here doing what they got to do, and to get the best players, you need the money, and so. Got to have it there. If you don't, you you know, we're seeing what we're seeing. And, like, for Kentucky right now, they kicked ass in the 2021 
2020, I guess 2022 class, the Baron Brown, Dinky class. Like, they kicked absolute ass in that yep. class. And then, like, even a guy like Josh Caddis. I mean, they've got dudes up and down that class. And that's going to be, if you could keep that group together, they're going to have a chance to do some special things as long as they find a quarterback to play with those guys. But now you got to recruit them. You know, there used to be the de-recruitment process, right? Like, you get the kids in, you know, you – you build them up as their high schools, and then you know it's like welcome to the world. Now there's no de-recruitment now. Now it's re-recruitment, and you're gonna have to do that Crazy. every off season. And it's just the world um, we live in. And Kentucky got they're gonna have to fight tooth and nail probably here to keep some of these guys. And it's gonna be very very important to keep that to keep most of these guys together to continue their their forward growth and um, to to have a bounce back after what's been a tough season. It's got to be exhausting. It used to be just get them to signing day. If we can just get them to signing day, we got them. Now I feel like every morning you got to wake up and make sure they're still in your locker room or at least wanting to be there. Well, and from everything we've heard too, the like Kentucky's felt comfortable about keeping together a lot of this stuff, but like it's very tenuous. I mean, like you said, Drew, it can. It can all change just like that. So uh, I don't know exactly. Like, do we we have a date that a, the portal opens? Correct? Is it the Monday after? Yeah, it's December. I think it's December fifth, which is that Monday yeah, after, after the season. It's either yeah. the fourth or the fifth. It'll either open Sunday or Monday. I think it's the Monday uh, that they'll they'll at least give teams the day after conference championship games. Um, as Stoop says, to get your arms around guys to re-recruit some more. Um, the portal, as Stoop said, like it's going to be chaos. Um, and you know what else is chaos right now is we are in the middle of Feast Week. We're in the middle of World Cup. We're in the middle of college football rivalry week. It's the perfect time to get in with prize picks. Download the prize picks app right now. If you haven't done it, like, come on, what are you waiting on? We've been telling you about this all year long. Prize picks is a wonderful way to get a little extra action in the game. They're available in most of the U.S., including the Commonwealth of Kentucky, where you, you pick a couple players, you say you want more or less their total, you parlay it together, bada boom, bada bang, win some buckaroos. And this week, Thanksgiving week, Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings, they're playing on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night at 820. If he gets one receiving yard, that checks a box for you in your parlay. They're giving you an easy score. easy. You just got to pick one more person to go either over or under uh, their total. So download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code KSR when you do it. They will match your deposit up to $100 when you play for the first time. That's promo code KSR at prizepicks.com. So much fun. Like, it, it really is a wonder. Like, you can just turn on sports all the time. And, like, I was watching Louisville lose earlier. They're really good at losing basketball games. Uh, that was pretty funny. Bellerman. The Knights, they're playing at Shashevskyville. Uh, uh, I actually know somebody that's sitting behind the bench down there at Cameron Indoor. They're 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 fired up for that. I even went to Shenanigans earlier, like it to kind of get people, uh, you know, to, to get, yeah, to really uh, get in the mood to get uh, the channel of the Bellarmine Knights tonight. Um, but you know, we we have World Cup. That sucked. That sucks. So that sucked. Everything sucks. Just let's just say it. Everything sucks right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. One thing doesn't suck. Freddie, did you watch the, the Tennessee Volunteers Saturday night? Oh, I did. At first, I hate that for Hendon Hooker. I hope he's yes. okay yeah. with the draft. Great kid. was not a kid. He's older than Adam. A great <laughs> mid-age man. <laughs> Which Adam? Uh, uh, but he's yeah, a sailor. Yeah, I, I hate that for him, and I hope he's better and pray for his recovery. But they were losing that game anyway. But – South Carolina just came out of nowhere and pounded them uh, and, and embarrassed them and ran up the score. They ran out of fireworks. So, <laughs> Mr. Run It Up got it ran up on his ass. Oh, Perfect. Three points. And, and it, you know, Josh Heupel had to go down in a ball of flames yeah. and 60 burger on him. He had to because he's yeah. Yeah. the football guy. We're going to let I that circle, happen. I'll circle back to Kentucky. South Carolina scored 63 on Tennessee, and how many did Kentucky score against that pass defense? Okay. Six. In the choir. Freddie, we, were, we were feeling good, Freddie. Why you got to bring us down? I will oh, say. I don't mean to, but, yeah, it, it was good to see Tennessee now out of the playoffs. So, good for that. I, I will, like, we want to all want to beat Tennessee. 
I could never see Kentucky like hanging sixty three, like winning a game like that. You know, like and like that's probably how you're gonna have to beat Tennessee. You're just gonna have to jump out on them, get a lead, and just put your foot on the damn gas and not let up. And it's hard to see Kentucky doing that. I hate to say it, but like, um, and I just you know. But Marcus Satterfield can. Of course, it had to be Beamer. <laughs> and so, like, we're going to have to hear about that for a long time, but you got to credit well, him. If y'all, if y'all are done having babies for the next year, then you, it's you two back at Media Days. That means I'm not going to have to suffer through Vanderbilt and South <laughs> Carolina at the podium. So, yeah. good luck Good luck to both of you. I was not – I didn't even know. I, didn't, I just hated here this whole season. Like, I, I really just hated here. <laughs> While most of us were celebrating Tennessee, Luckett was not in a good spot. I think he was not enjoying Beamer having his moment whatsoever. Very, very <laughs> conflicted, it seemed like. Uh, here's, a, here's a positive, though, Luckett. Kentucky fans can't should not get their minds changed about Coach Rich after a 99-yard scoring drive. South Carolina fans, they can have their minds changed by a 60-point game against number five team in the country, and they should. Yeah, but, absolutely. So he was the hottest seat in all of – Offensive coordinators, he's staying now, and I think that's a, a general net positive if you're competing against them in the the Eastern Division. Yeah, and that win pretty much takes Kentucky out of Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's not going to happen. That was, so that was, that's yeah. out of the question. So I mean, anything else after that, I think, is on the table bowl wise. So um, who not like it's going to be hard. To, like we were, we're not going to know until it's announced. Right now, it feels like. Um, if, they, if they're six and six, they we might have guess. a better feeling. But, yeah, that's what I, I'm on the Vegas train for sure. But you know you have to credit South Carolina. They had the national stage, and and put it on Tennessee. Yep. You know? yep. And that's they something. Did, Kentucky, they, you know, I think Kentucky defense had a great showing. The team again, you know, against George on CBS. But the the nation sees Kentucky scoring six points twice on the national stage, or three times, or you get twenty at Ole Miss, and and that starts. You know, I think their perception is okay. Yeah, they travel well, but. You know, are we going to bring an Iowa offense in here? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that even if Kentucky does beat Louisville, I think South Carolina will go south. I, I didn't see the new projections, but where are we on the Vegas probabilities? With the, pro, uh, the McMurphy, McMurphy had Music City Bowl, but yeah, they are like, there's but just he's the, at the exact same time as Louisville and Kentucky basketball, right? That would be yeah. that truly. Well, so here, here's the thing, Drew. I just want to go to Vegas. I want to go to Vegas too, but I think to Freddie's point, the lack of points, you're probably playing a team that just all they do is score points, like a UCLA or something. Uh, and the coaches would rather compete against the basketball game than deal with stuff the week before signing day. So I prefer Vegas, but ultimately, like, I, you know, we aren't the ones calling the shots. And we'll and we'll we'll let us play. That, that, no, that, he will know, not play. No. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't think he will, time, but I'm sure that could factor in as well. Oh, right, too, like the I'd bowls. Be shocked. Yeah, if, right. If Levis plays, they've which, fallen down too far. Which brings us to another topic. I don't know uh, where we are on the rundown, Steven. Steven has created a rundown for us to stay on topic. Uh, Shout out I to that, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Which that that's senior senior day it's your last time you will ever watch will levis wear a kentucky football uniform folks relish it enjoy it uh because it's 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 the last time it's it it, it could also be the last time you see chris rodriguez an all-time great in a kentucky uniform i ultimately think he'll still probably play in that bowl game but you, you know you never know uh but when you look at that roster of 28 players on the senior day participation chart like there's some dudes there's a lot of dudes on that list that have done a lot for this kentucky football program um and and one that i really hope can play he's been day to day for a couple weeks i think ultimately he'll gut it out is deandre square we love jacques jones too but that i feel less optimistic about but both of them are sitting on 299 tackles love for him to just get one you know on senior day uh, go out with a win. It would it would be a great great moment at Kroger Field. Talk about a jersey I'd buy. I would pre-order a DeAndre Square jersey for me, for Freddie, for you, for Luckett, for the whole family. If we could do jerseys, I'm I'm gonna miss that guy so much. I know Freddie loves him. I feel like Freddie might have played with him. He's been here so long. We've taken that guy for granted. We got to get in. I don't know how hurt he is. 
but he cannot be stuck on 299. And if he no. is, bring him back next year. We'll do it all again. Uh, one one person, too, that I think would do well in jersey sales, uh, Chris Oates is going to go through senior day ceremonies. And, folks, just well, if you're going to the game, just get there at 2.30 and bring a box of Kleenex with you because it's going to be – it's going to hit you in the feels. And I'm going to tell you about it. You're going to be prepared for it. And you're – it's still just I, – I mean, I'm just getting choked up thinking about it. It's 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 – Man, what that guy's been through, how this team's supported him and rallied around him and not forgotten him. That I, I I'm just I, I'm it's I'm looking forward to seeing Chris have a moment like this because I know it's when you're in a fight like that, a daily grind, like that just emotionally, mentally, it wears on you. And and it's tough to stay motivated. And days like Saturday can go so far to helping him reach his end goal, to have uh, to live an independent life. Yeah, to me, like it's a kind of the final send off. But that twenty eighteen class was just a really good class for the program. Uh, McCall Kennard in the NFL doing their thing. Um, Chris Oates obviously was in that class. You got Terry Wilson came in and kind of shored up quarterback position, um, so that twenty eighteen team could go on a run. Chris Rodriguez was in that class. Kenneth Horsey in that class. Max Duffy in that class. Like, there was a lot of good football players. DeAndre yeah. Square in that class. Brendan Bates in that class. Uh, just a really, really good class there. And it's just kind of the, the end uh, for that group. And they've had yeah. a couple of 10-win seasons, Freddie. And yeah. I, I can't think of a more perfect send-off than, you know, despite hitting some adversity yeah. to, to go off and just – Beat Louisville's ass one more. Yeah, time. that that would be the best case scenario, obviously. And I think I saw we're going to talk about Louisville next, but I'll never forget Chris Oates and DeAndre Squares, true freshmen, how different they looked walking down the hallway to meetings and to practice. When I'd see them in the facility to the end of the season, you could just see their confidence grow as young men, as as they were pay, playing a lot as true freshmen. And have an impact. So, yeah, I, I think it's wonderful that UK is going to honor Chris. My hope is that we will always honor Chris and continue to honor uh, uh, Chris because he, he's very deserving and, and we love him. But, yeah, this class, DeAndre Square, uh, love that kid. And, and Ty Asian doesn't get enough mentions yeah, as far as what he's contributed. Mm -hmm. he, he's thrown in a bunch of tackles, some interceptions, and some pass deflections. So this is a, this is a, this is a tough day for those seniors. And uh, – it's a lot of emotion to go through and especially with, with UK honoring Chris, I think it's going to be super emotional for this group of 28 cool. and for how many people are in the stands, because uh, you know, it, it's going to definitely impact all those that can be there to watch. And, and my, my hope too, is that it turns into positive energy. Um, that they can really just take it out on Louisville. I did want to like let's just let's spitball some memories of some of some of our favorites of these guys before we move on to Louisville. Because when you mentioned Ty Asian, Freddie, for whatever reason, it's like when you play the Rorschach test. Like here's an ink blot. What do you think? Every time I think of Ty Asian big plays, I think of his first one, and it's like the most overlooked play ever. But he got a pick against Mississippi State in that rainy game back in 2018, and it was like seven to seven the whole way. Kentucky scores to go up 14 to seven. And then he gets that pick on Nick Fitzgerald. And the next play, Benny Snell goes like 45 yards to score a touchdown. And then it's just a freaking party at Kroger Field. I love that moment. That that was very underrated game in the Stoops era because it really, it really got 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 things turning in a in a game where you were fighting fire with fire. And Kentucky was able to out physical a Mississippi State team. Like a real like Jeffrey Simmons is making plays for your team now, Drew, and is a badass. And Kentucky was just like all right, we see you guys, and we're going to bust some heads right back at you, and we're going to beat you at your own game. DeAndre Square, last year, Citrus Bowl. Come back off the bench, mm -hmm. make some plays, and then seal the game with an interception. He's on crutches after the game. like Yeah. For me, it's Chris Rodriguez run against Georgia. I think, I think Drew talked about that on the radio show today. Uh, this last that week. That was awesome. He got hit, what, after a yard or two downfield and carried eight defenders about 15 yards. 
I think NFL that defenders. sums up his, his career. I, he is one of my all-time favorites. I'll just go ahead and say that. Chris Rodriguez Jr. is one of my all-time favorites that I've ever watched at Kentucky. And I can remember Sonny Collins playing. I mean, I, I can go back that far. Man, so, you're old. I am old, but yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Chris I, Chris is – I think Chris is my all-time favorite running back. And uh, I just love his physicality. I love his smile, his attitude. I uh, love his heart. He's a great, great kid. He's not a kid. He's, you know, a young man now. But uh, I, he's one of my all-time favorites and, and my all-time favorite running back at Kentucky. And I think he's going to have a – like for Kentucky to win, he's going to play a big role Saturday. Yeah, they're going to have to run it right at uh, that aggressive defense. Um, when you look at Clemson, the success they had against Louisville it was because they got their downhill running game going. Um, so he, he's got a chance, I think, potentially to have a pretty big game here, his final game there. So well, he might be able to have a, a hell of a send-off if everything goes to plan. And that's really the, the beautiful part of this game because Freddie's alluded to it a couple of times. The Louisville defense does what the Kentucky def- offense hates, and that's they hang around, they blitz your brains out off the edges, and then they create turnover. So it's a close game, close game, close game. In the third quarter rolls around, they get a pick six, they get a fumble, and then a bunch of crazy stuff happens, and all of a sudden they got a 17-point lead. But as like I said, if you go back and watch that Clemson game, Freddie, there's a run of Will Shipley. It reminded me of the game last year where it's just like there's nobody in the middle of the field because they're bringing all this pressure off the edge, and he just has to make one guy miss, and it's a 40-yard run. Will yeah, Evans and Chris Rodriguez, if you catch them at the right time, they can gash this defense right at, through its heart. Yeah, and that's how you beat a blitzing defense is by big plays. You make them pay for the blitzes. You pick it up, and, and you get vertical. Uh, I think Barry and Brown, Dane Key – could have big games against this. Rodriguez could hit a run. But I still go back to I think Kentucky can only win if Will Levis runs uh, because of the way Louisville plays defense. Twist stunts, all kinds of games up front. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's 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 a defense that you can hurt. But, again, I, with Louisville every year, I have a hard time evaluating them as a team because the ACC is not very good. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, I love how nicely you put this, Freddie, because it's just like I'm over here just like the ACC's Conference USA Part Two. Yeah, I mean, they don't play real football, and you're just like it's hard to evaluate because they don't play nobody. Well, that, I think that, what he's saying and, is they suck. And Louisville's <laughs> played a lot of backup quarterbacks. Yes, and, and if you really State look at their fourth string, I yeah, think. NC State down to their third or fourth string player. Then, then, then who have you beaten? Boston College, uh, Wake Forest. Was Wake Forest really a top ten team in any eyes other than the voters in America? No, I mean you played one good team in that stretch, Clemson, and, and, and it, a cheap late score made this made the game look a little closer. So, competition for me is always hard to evaluate when, when I study Louisville because, you know, last year if you remember, Louisville was coming off that stomping at Duke and and were was favored against Kentucky because. They scored nine touchdowns against the worst defense in college football. So we'll see Saturday. But but I, I do think that that Louisville defense is legit. And I think, uh, you know, maybe the numbers are inflated a little bit. Uh, but I do I do think that is a that is going to be a tough, tough ask for Kentucky to handle all that pressure, something that they've really not done. They picked up Georgia, but Georgia really didn't blitz a lot. So. Yeah. I mean, it's totally – I mean, I know people are going to say, well, did great against – well, Georgia didn't have to blitz and didn't blitz. So, it's going to be a total – and I think Scangarella referenced that to a more of a pro scheme that Georgia plays. And then the college teams come from the edges and et cetera. So, you're going to see what gives Kentucky problems a lot on Saturday. Uh, I, my optimism level is <laughs> right now because – I studied that defense all day, and it is a legitimate top 15, 20 defense in America. Well, let's look at things on the other side of it because 
We know that the Kentucky offense, they have a knack for making mistakes. They have a knack for letting Will Levis get sacked. It's not ideal. But on the other end, uh, the Kentucky defense did just hold a top 10 Georgia offense to 16 points. They've been outstanding all year long without creating a bunch of havoc stats. My question for you, Drew Franklin, who would you rather see under center on the other side of the line of scrimmage? Malik McHale, Malik McCunningham, or Brock is Doman. Brock Doman. Do- Brock Brock Doman. Brock, Brock Doman. Is your internet going out or did you need help with that? Uh, I don't, I don't know how to. I know. I'm going Cunningham. I thought he spilled water on his computer and he was just repeating the same yeah. things. <laughs> I want the best they have. Uh, Yes, the matchup isn't perfect. And we, like Freddie said, we don't know really how good they are because the ACC plays a different level of football. But I'm still pretty optimistic about this game simply because a lot of the stuff that I think goes wrong for Kentucky is just not getting up for games. I actually listened to all of your podcasts because I didn't see the Vanderbilt game. Also, shout out to you all. That was the first time I've ever not seen a game and just like read the site and listened. Did a great job of painting everything. Anyway, back to that. Like hearing like uh, Freddie and his uh, former players, even you, Nick, talking about how players were just kind of sitting on the sideline by the heaters and things like that. That ain't going to happen in the Louisville game. Whether it's Mark Stoops or the fan base, these guys get to campus and they hate Louisville. They might not know anything about Louisville. They hate Louisville. I had the preseason event with Levis. He was all fun and games. If you mentioned Louisville, it's like he clicked and he's it's all L's down this, L's down that. I think Kentucky is going to bring their absolute best because they know what this rivalry means. Heck, two minutes ago, I just saw DeAndre Square tweeted a big L's down photo of the whole team. I think <laughs> Kentucky across the board has better players. They haven't had the season they've wanted, but in this game, they're all bringing 140%. So most of my optimism comes from just a pure attitude standpoint. And in that case, I want the best everything Louisville's got because I'm confident in my side. My thing is, like, and I just don't know who's better. Like, I, I think Doman might be less prone to making mistakes. He, he He's not great, but he's made a couple big plays. That that keeper he had on the read option against Virginia, I was like, man, that that worked perfectly. Yeah, it was a um, good play call. Perfect sell. It was got Virginia selling out. Um, Cunningham is their leading rusher by about 100 yards if you take out sacks. 11 rushing touchdowns. It's a different offense when he's in there. All year, Kentucky had been great against running quarterbacks. And then Mike Wright happened. Yeah. So that right. spooks me a little bit if he's back there um, quietly. You know, we've seen last two weeks, Kentucky's given up a lot of rushing yards. And what it seems like to me, it's probably going to be Doman. I mean, Cunningham's got a bunch of injuries he's dealing with. I mean, he's got a broken um, hand. You know, if you can make – if you can stop – make them one-dimensional, I think Kentucky's defense has a great chance to have a great day if you're making Brock Doman make throws from the pocket consistently. But if you can't stop the run and they can get the play-action pass going, you could be in trouble and you could give up some points and it could put a lot of pressure on an offense that hadn't really scored all year. To me, like for Kentucky, I could see this game really playing out like the Missouri game where the offense just hits on some chunk plays, is able to score. Um, the defense holds its own pretty much the entire game, and then you just win. Um, then you just kind of hold on late, uh, try to win the field position battle. I could really see it play out like that, but I do think you're, we're in for a slugfest on Saturday, whether Malik Cunningham's at quarterback or Brock Doman. It's going to be uh, a close game, and then whoever makes the big mistake late is probably going to be in trouble. That's why you worry with this yeah. little defense mm-hmm. is because of how – how good they've been at forcing, you know, big, big, big takeaways. And it's the number one reason why Louisville is having this season. Um, um, turnover margin is pretty finicky year to year. Usually you don't see teams at the top staying at the top, but you can have a big season when your defense has a year like this. And so I think your Louisville's resurgence to me is directly tied to all these extra career, uh, extra possessions our defense is creating with these turnovers, and they've got a lot of seniors on defense, and they're just playing with a lot of confidence right now. Including uh, uh, one of Jacquez Jones's old running yeah. mate, Momo. He's leads, leads in the tackles, yeah. 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 I, I think Louisville's playing a lot like Kentucky did 
when, when the Cats had a bunch of those turnovers in one year. Uh, Kentucky didn't have the sacks and tackles for loss to match that. Uh, you know, Louisville's just been dynamic in that. Uh, I think they're going to absolutely blitz Kentucky with everything they have. Uh, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But but my question goes back to the transfer portal NIL. I think Louisville sums up two perfect examples for me, for you. Signing a high class like that, you know, top 10 class, close to top 10 class, after being horrible at the beginning, still didn't lose those players. And I think that's got a lot to do with name, image, and likeness. And also, what's the quarterback's name? Dolman? Yeah. Dolman's played in four in four schools in five years. Explain to me a path how that is legal within NCAA parameters. Uh, uh, I'm clueless. Yeah, I think he went, what, D2, maybe two JUCOs or – yeah, and then Louisville. Yeah, uh, he's had a wild career. <laughs> Uh, but you look at you look at Louisville's roster. Oh, I didn't know it was Juco. My bad. That, that makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. You look at Louisville's roster. I mean, it's or their depth chart. I mean, it's full, filled with transfers. Exactly. Uh, the top two running transfers. backs. Two, top two running backs came from Syracuse and Tennessee. Top receiver came from Central Arkansas. Leading tackler came from Ole Miss. Yep. Best defensive backs came from Liberty and Florida State. Um, starting safety, which I think their second or third leading tackler, came from Georgia Southern. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's chopped full of transfers. And that's yeah. really how Satterfield has built this um, this team. And they kind of just – they were throwing stuff at the wall, trying to fill these holes, and you just got to give them credit. They kind of figured it out here yeah. midway through the season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they, they kind of personify the modern-day portal team, I mean, with all those transfers on defense. But, yeah, uh, as far as quarterback, Malik Cunningham still scares me. I think he's still a very capable runner. Uh, he's pretty beat up, so I don't know if he'll play or not. But uh, the the other guy, the the one that's been to four schools in five years, I think he's he's played well in in, in relief, and he's managed games and not lost games for Louisville. He's and just enough big plays to make yeah, to keep the offense churning. Where Kentucky's not played complimentary football, Louisville has. Yeah, uh, and and that's what that's how they won. What five out of six? Last week, only one offensive touchdown, but they won by fifteen due to uh, <laughs> special teams. Uh, perfect on field goals, kick return touchdown. And that's how they were able to pull away from NC State. Uh, well, it's not – they haven't been pretty, in, but they're finding ways to win. What if the game is in within the final 10 seconds, Kentucky's down two on the 25? How confident are you feeling <laughs> in the field goal team going out there? No, not at all. But and, and I don't want to think about that. I want to envision a world. It's a world that I've seen – Time and time and time and time again. It's Malik Cunningham getting pushed to the ground, whining at the officials for not calling anything, and then getting pushed in the ground right after that. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky has kicked Louisville's ass for so many years. They got so lucky that they avoided that ass whooping in the COVID season. And frankly, we need this. Like, There's just no other way around it. We are all in a very, very bad spot. It has been a rough, rough two weeks to be a Kentucky fan in general, football, school, baseball, whatever it may be. You can't save a season and completely rectify it with one win. But, man, you can stop the bleeding. You can really stop the bleeding, and you can get a lot of goodwill back that you've lost uh, because you you didn't live up to expectations. A lot, This can go a long way, especially now that Louisville and their fans have hope once again. This is going to be – Maybe the most uh, tightly contested Governor's Cup game going into it since they've moved it to the end of Thanksgiving weekend. And if if, if there's a, ever an ask for NIL, it will be after a Louisville win right during the holiday season. So you want you want a bunch of NIL money coming in? Beat Louisville, and I think you'll get some. You lose to Louisville, I think the giving won't be that much, right? Uh, just in general, just the whole vibe around the program, they really need to beat Louisville just to get some good juices going. Because if you don't, and then you, maybe you lose a couple of players in the portal, people are just – it's going to be total panic mode. Um, and people are not happy right now, rightfully, I think. And so they just got to find a way to win this game and then move forward into a big offseason. It's a critical, critical, critical game here for Kentucky. You cannot lose four home games in a season. You cannot lose three times as a home favorite. Um, to teams like you're – you know, not necessarily Vandy 
But like South Carolina and Louisville, you're recruiting against a lot. Insane pool of players. Um, you cannot, cannot, cannot take a loss here. With all with all the losses you've already taken, you had really have to get a win here just to get some good mojo going. For me, it's the only thing that keeps it from a nightmare. Like, I don't care about the bowl game at this point. I'm probably going to go. I'm going to root for them. But it's whatever it ends up being, it's beneath what we were shooting for. I mean, the, most things are out of reach at this point. The season, in my eyes, has pretty much been a failure. But I can at least walk away going, well, you beat Louisville. You know, water's still wet. We got that going for us. You won, it, you won it, Florida. You, you beat yeah, Louisville. If, like, but if are, you lose to Louisville after what's already happened, that is just a nightmare in, in my eyes. It's the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl. Fourth place. We're going for fourth place. We got to end on a high. You got to get some artificial postseason momentum. Who knows what's going to lie ahead. But all we know is that Saturday at 3 p.m., the Cats and the Cards are kicking off on SEC Network. And a lot's on the line. A lot's on the line. So, fans, we hope to see you there. Uh, I haven't looked ahead at the early weather forecast uh, last Weekend was lovely outside of the wind, but three o'clock, get there early for senior day. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, nothing feels better than walking out of Kroger Field with a big win over the cards. Uh, Cats lead 18 to 15 in the series. Let's keep that train rolling. Make it four in a row. Make Scott Satterwhite cross some more. Last time he was there, do you remember what happened, Drew, the last time Scott Satterwhite came to Kroger Field? Is that what he's like? <laughs> that was his post game press conference. Yeah. Yeah. And that what he said, I think it was actually a direct quote of, oh, your player number 32, he did this to my player. I think it was that. I think I'll have to check the transcript, but I believe that's what he said. We'll put it on a quote card. Yeah. <laughs> we actually should type that out on a graph. Need veto for this game. <laughs> this is the one oh. game they miss veto. Oh man, this has like back in 2014, we were starting fights with like the red shirts. Like that Vito's like get, starting to fight before the game, right? This is lucky. You're assuming Vito's not going to run out of the tunnel <laughs> with a bat and just your <laughs> denim jacket on. Like Vito hates Louisville more than any of us hate Louisville. Oh man, man, this has been fun. I really 60 percent chance of uh, showers and 50 degrees. Good. I'll be tailgating for all of it. Oh, man. Well, it's going to be a blast to watch the cards get their asses kicked one more time. Uh, man, really need to win on a high. Let's get our L's down ready, and let's get ready for another big Saturday. One final regular season game at Kroger Field this Saturday, 3 p.m. SEC Network. We appreciate you all joining us on the KSR YouTube channel. We'll be back with more before the Thanksgiving break. Enjoy time with your family, with your friends. We thank you all so much for joining us all season long, but as Mark Soup said, we're just getting started, bro. Brad and Market and Drew Franklin and Freddie Maggard. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.